Uh, maybe I need prayer on this one before we start, but uh, it's one of those messages that I've uh, wavered on and felt doubt about, and um, you know how it goes. That's how faith preachers operate. I'm not really sure, and that's what you do. You just move out by faith. Amen. Psalms 34 and 7. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's one of our scriptures that we quote off the cuff a lot. Amen. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him. You know, it's just really, really good to know that the presence of the Lord, his angels are there. But, but I, I love that last little part right here. They're here, for, they're here for a purpose. They're here for a reason. Amen. Angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him, comma, and delivereth them. There's some work to be done. God did not allow or send his angels so we could feel more goosebumps. That's all part of it, and that's good. We sense the presence of the Lord in the form of angels around us, the angels of the Lord, or the angel of the Lord. Amen. But he's here to deliver. Deliver from what? Whatever you need. Whatever sickness you have, whatever problems you have, whatever needs you have, if you have faith, enough faith to take a step, enough, enough faith to make a move, God, God probably won't do anything if you just sit. Thinking about it won't do it. You have to do something. Amen. Amen. Let me, let me throw in something here. Did you realize, speaking of angels, did you realize that when you begin to worship the Lord Listen, not only in church, but even in the quiet of your home, the angels move into that room and worship him right along with you. They love worship and they're comfortable with worship because they were created to worship and praise the creator. And so when you began to praise then you create an atmosphere that the angels are comfortable in. And that's why they come in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just threw that in for you. You want to get God near you. Learn how to praise. Learn how to worship. You can find it throughout the scripture. Not complain. No, no, no. Everybody can complain. Listen, I could probably, I could probably make you a long, I'm gonna let you be seated just a moment, but I could give you a long list of things that I am not pleased with. Well, the green things that I'm not happy with. It's just not going, I could make you, and I could, if I could get to doing that, then I would, it wouldn't take long that I would get in a habit. I could just spill out, Brother Green, Brother Chris, I could just spill out those things automatically because that's all I talk about. Things that are not right, things that are wrong, things that are bad, things that are a discomfort to me. And there's the key. In spite of that, 
I'm confessing to you. Everything's not well with me. Everything is not right with me. I can dwell on that. I can put it in capital letters. I can highlight it and underline it 10 times. It could could be who I am. Because when people can see me coming, they go, oh, yeah, here comes the guy. He's he's, got problems. But in spite of all of that, if I could learn, everybody say learn. If I could get it in my head, in spite of that, when we praise, it doesn't mean everything is right. It doesn't mean we're right. In fact, I could go through here and, 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 and write volumes of stuff that are wrong and bad in this congregation that I love. But people have learned that in spite of all of that, we give praise to him. We give honor to him. If I've got some complaining, I'm leaving it out the door when I walk in here. And if I get enough of it in here, Nicole, if I get enough of it in here, then when I walk out the door, eventually I won't pick it up anymore, even out there. I'm done with all of that. It hadn't helped anything. Amen. So guess what? I've become a praiser. I've become a worshiper. And when I do that, the angel of the Lord lives right with me. He encamps, amen, round about me. I don't know if you like that or not, but I love that feeling. Listen, I don't want to be dependent on anything or anybody, amen, other than God. Hallelujah. Well, here's what we got to do. Smile, look over at somebody, smile at them. If they're in reach, shake their hand. Go ahead and do it, all right, be friendly. Hey, Jack, shake hands with somebody. Won't hurt you. Look at that, see, it didn't hurt a bit, did it? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know what, that shake hand, that brought a smile to some of y'all who hadn't smiled so long. I thought your face was gonna break. <laughs> you may be seated, God bless you. Hallelujah, ooh, I'm feeling something deep in the spirit here today. Hallelujah. Who wouldn't want to bring angels into their, your, your situation? Amen. Who wouldn't want to do that? Listen, the word fear is used here in this scripture setting. Amen. In the context. But, but I looked it up. It means a deep love and abiding reverence. That doesn't mean fear like we think it's fear. It doesn't mean who wants to be scared of God. That's not what it means. Who wants to have to be scared stiff? No, no, that's not what it means. It, it means a deep love and abiding reverence or respect, amen, an utmost respect for the absolute authority and sovereign rule of the creator. That's what that means. When he, when he talked about those that fear him, amen, that means people who respect him. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Now, what I'm trying to do is put a little bit different thing here. This means people who reverence the Lord. Hallelujah. We ought to understand that this fear and respect is partly because of his holiness. And holiness here means he's separate. He is, he is different from us. And, you know, when we die, you know, we go to the Bible said we shall be like he is. We shall see him as he is because we're going to be like him. You know, we don't know what we're going to be, all right? But there's a change that takes. You know when Jesus resurrected out of the grave and he came back and met some of his disciples, you know, they didn't recognize him. They didn't know until he prayed or until he did certain things. And then they were, we'll, we'll do the same thing. 
All right? Hallelujah. Amen. So, so but, but he is holy. He is righteous. Amen. And not only is he holy and righteous, and we can be in awe of that, but his spirit will destroy evil as well as give life. You want to get rid of the enemy? We talk about it a lot here. I don't want to be too elementary. I don't want to be too redundant about it here. We, but, but listen, we don't have to get a sword out and a spear or a shotgun, amen, to, to whip the devil. <laughs> All we have to do to overpower him is get the presence of the Lord here. Yes, and the angel of the Lord, amen, will take care of spirits of the enemy, spirits of deceit, Amen. Spirits of jealousy, spirits of strife, spirits of envy that could control you, spirits of distrust that won't let you trust anybody because you've been hurt a few times in your life. Like everybody else hasn't been hurt. You know, I gave money to somebody and helped somebody. Somebody said, man, you got took. I said, you know what? You can look at it that way if you want to. But, but you know, what that would do, that approach would say, man, I'm not giving to anybody because, you know, they said this and then they didn't follow up and, you know, they didn't come to church. And, you know, it's not it's nothing to do with it. I don't care how many people take my money and don't appreciate it. I don't care how much I do for people and they don't care about me. They don't care about my message. I don't care. Listen, they are not going to stop me from giving. They are not going to stop me from helping and blessing and smiling and being a Christian. That's the whole thing. Oh, man, you're the way. Then they're taking you for a cleaning, man. No, they're not. Listen. You know, you know, people, people, you know, when you loan money, I've preached this in this church before, I'm gonna preach it right now, I'm gonna tell somebody here, so-and-so owes me money, let me tell you something, when, when people get money from me, in my spirit, it can be a loan, you can call it whatever you want, but to me, I'm giving it to them. If they pay me back, I just got blessed. But if they don't pay me back, guess what? I gave it to them anyway. You set yourself up. Amen. To cross up with your brothers and your sisters and your neighbors because they may not pay you back. Right. You can help them and they may not help you. Right. But you know, if you want to do that, a trade-off, then you could get yourself in trouble and then you're like, I'm never going to help people again. No, no, no. No, I just did that anyway. Right. Hey, we were helping the, the Huntingtons. Now, Chad, my son, I, I, I can use him, you know, He's, uh, he's got a really good mind, you know, he's got a quick, sharp mind, but he categorizes things in his mind, and he's got certain things he wants to do. Now, I've preached to him, and I've preached to all you other preachers here, or any kind of ministry, and you get ready to be interrupted. You're going to be in this business, things are going to throw you off of your schedule. Well, Chad doesn't like anybody to change his schedule. He'll do anything, help anybody, bless anybody, but he's got time. He's got to put it in the, you know, in the file. <laughs> and I just call him. I do it on purpose. I didn't the other day, but once in a while I just call him and hey, guess what? This is what we got to do. The Huntington's truck's moving in, and thank you guys for helping us. Several of you guys came over, and that was a quick, short order. John called, and it was too late. We almost had it done, but at least he called. Uh, but, you know, the guys, we just, I mean, in record time, boom, boom. 
had the truck unloaded. It was raining, and when we was unloading the truck, and it was work. Brother Chris showed up, and and, and the guys all gathered. And I said, guys, let me tell you something. I like to take this, Brother Rutgers, advantage of these little opportunities. I get, guys, there's no other way. There's no better way to get a blessing, Brother Johnson. No better way just go to go out of your way to help somebody that's in need. He's been sick, Brother Huntington, and sick today and would have been here, but they moved to Hampstead, and we just went up there and a whole bunch of us and, man, got the work done in just a little while. On the way home, Chad confessed, like, Dad, yeah, I just made me mad when you call. <laughs> that's the way he does. I'm telling on him, you know. Just made me mad, but he said, I got over them. But, but we did it so fast Amen. He said, now this is like one hour. We were probably less than an hour. I mean, we were done driving out of there. He said, now this is my kind of moving. I like this. Just a little bit of time and then we're out of there. But you know what? The more people that show up, the less work it involves for like one or two people. And so I'm interested in getting blessings. I'm interested in passing that on to you. Because I'm not stingy with it. I, I want you to be blessed. So you learn these little things. I preached a message years and years ago. Our platform was on that end. I never will forget it. We had the old cassette tapes. And I was preaching about getting a blessing. Hey, you know, uh, so-and-so was in prayer. Oh, God, I want to be used of you. Oh, God, I want to, I want, you know, just do things through me. You know, and, and somebody called and said, hey, sister so-and-so needs a refrigerator moved. And she needs that. Hey, I'm praying. Would you just stop interfering with me? Can't you see I'm talking to God about being used of the Lord? It went on and on. I forget I had it come out in the search. But it, but it made a good point. We beg God to use us. Oh, God, I want to be used of you. I want to be instrumental in your kingdom. I want to bless somebody. Oh, and somebody needs to, no, no, no. Would you stop interrupting? I don't know what we're thinking God may do to you, but that is being used of God. Be a blessing. Be a help. I'm off track already. Hallelujah. Hey, hallelujah. So, so, so when you get God's presence into the room, God takes care of of the demonic forces. You know, we take care of demons and the very few times that we deal with them and I normally try not to give them very much attention. Uh, you know, you, you, I, I make this statement. You have to go into that when you cast out demons that the demon does not have a choice. We've made the, the wrong, we've had the wrong concept about that. We're just gonna pray and hope we can get the demon out and if he don't wanna go, boy, he's just gonna cause all kind of problems and ah, uh-uh, no, 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 no. You can't do that. You can't go, well, in fact, let me just advise you, don't do that, just don't even mess around with that. With that kind of approach. You have to approach a person that is literally possessed with demons with this approach. I have the power, amen. I have the name on me that's above every name. There's no law that's higher or strong. Listen, we go again, we're above the state law, the federal law, the president's law. It doesn't matter. Congress can't make a law that's as power. It's above all of those laws. And when we speak the name of Jesus, this is the way I like to say it, the demons have no choice in the matter. Why? You get God's presence, especially when you name him. The Bible said every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. That that means everything, everybody. Well, the demons will just kind of slime on out. They will lose their grip 
and there's demonic, listen, there's folks right here. I don't think anybody's demon possessed in this room, but I just feel like there's people who are under the influence of demonic forces. He has influenced us to think things that are so far off track and so far away from God's will and it keeps us in bondage. It keeps us in trouble. Amen. We need to get free. How do you do that? Get in the presence of the almighty God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Preaching about a quickening spirit. I'm preaching about a quickening spirit that we can't survive without. We can't get by without it, all right? Amen. Listen, we don't wanna be in a place of opposition to this God, amen, that will drive out for, we, don't even, we wanna make sure we're on the right side of this. The good news is when we stand with God, amen, he will take care of the evil that attempts to destroy us and overpower us, amen. To fear God means to worship him. Think, think about this. I just did, did a little, little study on this, amen. To fear God, when he said the fear of the Lord, amen. It doesn't mean just to get, you know, ooh, God's here. No, it doesn't mean that. It means to worship him fervently, all right? And this kind of worship releases angels to deliver us and put us in a position to receive blessings. Some folks, you feel like you've just been cut off from everything that's good? You feel like, it, you know what I mean? You know, if, if my ship come in, I'd probably be at the airport, kind of a spirit. It's always been that way. Everybody else has went in the lottery. You know, I can even go to bingo and I can't win anything. My numbers are, you know, it, it, there's a reason for that. Because you see some folks, it just seems like things are just falling in line for them. They're in the right place at the right time. You know, Billy Cole said that about revival, Holy Ghost revival, amen. Outpourings of miracle healings. And he said, I, you know, I don't, I don't create that. I don't, you know, I have nothing to do with that. But he said, somehow God just lets me know where God's gonna be moving and I just make it my business to be there. And all of these great powerful things have been recorded under the Billy Cole Ministries many, for many, many years, actually decades of his ministry. Amen. It was a revelation to me. But see, we think, that, you know, in fact, let me just spill this beans. There'll be beans everywhere when I get done. <laughs> I, don't want, I certainly don't want to make him look, but you know, we're like, oh, we got, we got folks, we got folks in and around this church like, oh God, we're just going to pray and we're going to sweat and we're going to get louder and you can't get louder than me because I'm a, and somehow they're just, we're going to pray this thing down. I understand there is an element of prayer, of sincerity that we can get noisy and loud and I understand that. But you know, Billy Cole, there was times at the crusades that he wouldn't even pray. <laughs> he said, man, we just going to, he said, you know, if we hadn't done that by now, we hadn't already done that before we got here to Ethiopia or Papua New Guinea or wherever it was they was having the crusade. You know, uh, he said, we ain't done. He said, it's not going to help much now. He said, I've been praying for months. I've been praying before I got here. <laughs> I was praying. You know, so, no, you know, hey, I'm good. Now, that's unapostolic, Brother Ruck. That's unpentecostal. You know, we, we, you know, it falls, if it don't fall right under the Pentecostal, you know, yeah, right where we always, then we, oh, I don't know if we can accept that. It's called a relationship with God. 
It's called faith. Like, it's going to be fine. Guess what? There's going to be thousands of people receive the baptism of the Spirit. There's going to be blind folks that can see, amen, under the miracle power of God. That's what's going to happen. Faith, you don't have to grind your way through it and beg God to do it and hope he does. No. So there's, there's things that can happen in the presence of the Spirit. So he just believed God's presence was going to be there. What's that? That's going to take care of all of it right there. You get the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to show you something right here. Amen. Ephesians 3 and 16. He said that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. Amen. To be strengthened with might by his spirit. A little something I caught and I never, never seen it before. Amen. Uh, strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. In the inner man, I use that. We use the old man. We use the flesh. Amen. Notice, notice. This is a part I've never seen before. Paul did not say that that the inner child would be strengthened. I'm, I'm bad about this. I like to just look at the opposite of a word. You know, sometimes it teaches me something. Amen. He did not say anything about a child, but he said the inner man. What's he talking about? Paul was addressing those who were mature and grown up in the Lord. Listen, folks, there's a lot of folks who feel the presence of the Lord that don't show up but just once every month maybe. And again, oh, I'm doing pretty good. And again, let me make that statement. Compared to what or who? If we, need to, we don't need to compare ourselves. We're foolish to compare ourselves among ourselves. We need to lay the word of the Lord. In fact, the Bible says, mark that perfect man. And who was that? Jesus is the only one I know about. Now, we're in trouble. Listen, I'm not trying to just get on to your case. That's not what I'm doing here. I'm trying to get us to realize that life can be better. Things can be more productive in our life. We can have more peace in our home. We can have joy. Listen, nobody wants to be broke all the time. I think I can be happy. I've been broke a lot of my life. So, so the, you know, the, in fact, once in a while, my wife will go somewhere and she said, well, I just want you to know I gave our money away. We, we both understand it. Oh, okay. Now, see, if I had a lot of money, you know, or ever had a lot of money, then I'd probably get upset. So, you see, I don't have to worry about that. You know, like I've been broke before. So, you, devil, you'll have to use something else on me. And then, then she's learned me well enough. You know what? Well, we don't have much money. Well, let's just give. Let's just give her what we got. Let's give that away. Now the enemy doesn't like that. All right, because he can't work in an environment like that. Because he wants us when we run out of money to get upset about it. Oh my God! I don't listen. Don't worry. He owns the gold in the mountains. He owns the cattle on the hills. Amen. He's got it. He owns all the money in the bank. And so we need to just quit worrying about it. Amen. And God would put joy. God would put peace. You know, when we get upset, that's just a sign of distrust. I've used it right here. I've had folks, you know, I, mean, I, I, I just, you can pick up on it. You can just tell people not happy with you. There's been times I, I not many, I mean, I, 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 but there's, there's been a handful of folks. They just want me to pack up my bag and go on down the road. But here's what I know. If I thought that would bring revival, guess what? That's what I'd do. If I thought this church would explode in revival, I'd pack my bags and get on down the road somewhere. 
But that kind of person, it wouldn't matter as soon as they found out, it wouldn't matter what kind of pastor, what kind of preacher he was. He could be liberal, conservative, middle of the road. He could be ugly, handsome, it wouldn't matter. Fat, tall, short, don't matter. They found, when they, as soon as they found out he wasn't some spiritual guru that was so spiritual he didn't even touch the ground hardly when he walked, when they found out he was human, they would have the same feelings about him that they had about me. Complainers don't only complain at the church, they, claim, they complain to their husband, they complain to their, their brothers and sisters, you know, they complain on the job. Powders, people who pout, they'll pout at school. They'll, if they don't get their way, they'll pout. They'll soil up and sulk. Boy, it got quiet. <laughs> and they'll bring that right into the house of God. If they don't have their way, they're mad at everybody and won't speak for a while. They're the ones that complain about where you eat, what you eat. That, that's, that's the thing that's in there. Amen. Hallelujah. It's like the man, let me tell an old one, y'all. That's <laughs> like I'm a pawpaw and I like those pawpaw jokes. The little boy with his pawpaw and the rabbit ran in the, rabbit was, was in the log. And they, back in the years, they would put a forked stick in there, a crooked stick and twist it out. Remember that, don't you, Donna? She knows all of my, she could tell them better than me. And so then they put a smoke in there. They'd build a fire in there and the smoke would go out. That draft would pull that smoke through that log. Papa was showing the little boy what you do. The rabbit runs out the other end of the log and the little boy says, Papa, why did that rabbit come out of that log? He said, son, because he was in there. So if you're a complainer, if you're a griper, if you sulk and sull when you don't get your way, if you complain about everything, guess what? That's because it's in there. You get enough Holy Ghost in you. You get the spirit and the power of the Lord in you. Guess what? All of that will have to go. Amen. It's better than smoke. Then folks will love you. Hallelujah. But Paul was a, a, a addressing mature grown-ups when he talked about the spiritual man, not children. Amen. There's so many good Christians today who see themselves as weak spiritually. You see yourself that way. And, and of course, many of them are weak. They are. Amen. They, they have not grown much in Christ because they are still living in an underdeveloped, you know, kind of like they're like a child on the inside. And so... They, uh, they have not been strengthened with might. That's what the scripture said, by the Holy Ghost or by the Spirit. Strengthened with might. The Greek word translated strengthened means an infusion of that which invigorates and energizes. That's what the Bible, I'm, I'm reading what the scripture said it would do. You get in the presence of the Lord. Look, look at this word might, strengthened with might. Might is the energy to do work or enabling power that flows from God. When these things happen, amen. Brother Jay, amen. It's God doing the work. We just kind of opened the spigot. We didn't produce water. The water was already there. 
We just did a little action here, opened the thing up where it would flow. It was already there. That's like plugging into the electricity. We're not producing electricity when we plug in a vacuum cleaner or an appliance. The electricity is already in the, in the house. Amen. We just, you know, we just plug it in. That's what we do when we worship and we believe. Amen. The power's here. Amen. The, the authority is available already. But if we can learn to get a hand up. If we, yes, if we can learn to clap our hands. Hallelujah. Now, let, me, let me show you one other thing here. And I know this is probably more of a teaching thing and, and, and I'm going I'm to not go much longer here. But Galatians, the fourth chapter, uh, verses one and two. It's something else that I think really needs to be brought out to us. And again, Brother Thompson, this obedient thing, being o- obeying and submitting today was kind of a, and I didn't plan this. I was uh, looking at this a few days ago. Galatians four, verses one and two. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, I'm gonna connect this in with the child spirit, okay? Differeth nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all, And verse number two, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Listen, that baby boy, and I think this is what the scripture is saying, that baby boy may be born to a king. And even though he is a prince destined for a throne, he is still going to be told what to do. That's what, that's what he said. Let me read that scripture again. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant. He's the same as a servant. You know why he's a child? Amen. You know, you know I, I, I date myself all the time here. I, I, but you know, our kids never told us, I mean, our grandkids are a little different now coming along. But our kids never told us what they was gonna eat for breakfast and dinner and, you know, and they never told us that. You know, probably wouldn't help much if he had a. We was trying to get food on the table, and my wife was is a is a really great cook, and she she does really well at putting stuff together, and and we just cook it, and it was clean, it was good, it was nutritious, and you know what they did, brother David Hare, they just ate it, or they could just not have anything to eat that day, so you didn't take people, didn't take kids long to say, oh yeah, I believe I'll eat that. It'd be like Brother Valenzuela in the Philippines. You know, people was just some kind of little shrimp that was crunchy. Remember that, Melissa? Everybody's like, oh, no, especially the people from Mississippi. They're picky eaters. I tried just about anything one time. You know, it looked crunchy, crispy, whole shrimp cooked, little, little hors d'oeuvre. And Brother Valenzuela, everybody was like looking at it, turning their nose up, whole bunch of us around the table. And he said, it will not harm you. <laughs> I use that all the time now. It will not harm you. But I, some kids look like, act like food is poisonous. No way they're going to eat that. Forget that. My wife will cook. Gracie will come in. She's not here. I'll talk about her. She'll come in and just turn her nose up at it. She'll go fix her macaroni and cheese for herself and dig in the cat. Oh. You know, now... We don't that much, but you know, that could be an offense to people. Somebody that works in the kitchen, cooks food, and then somebody turn their nose up at it. No, 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 it's it's what you'll be eating. (laughs) I I don't get that far with my grandkids, and I did with my own kids, but had no problem with what they, what they, but they were, they were children then. They were children. 
Children's not supposed to tell you what to do. Now I'm a pawpaw, and I'm going to be on the kid's side as much as I can. I'm going to hug every one of them I can. I love the children. Amen. But but listen, we got to be adults here. Oh, we're going to ask them where they want to go. No, don't ask the kid what they want to eat and where they want to go on vacation. You You just decide that. Don't ask them whether they want to go to school or not that day. You know what? They tell you no. I tell you now. And don't ask them if they want to go to church or not either. Make adult decisions. Good decisions. This is what we're going to do. <laughs> I could go a long way on all of that. But let's not, let's not bring ourselves down to the level of the children. Let's be adults and raise that child in the way that he ought to go. And when he's old, the Bible said, he will not depart from it. Amen. Hallelujah. So he said, you know, this, this baby, this, it may be a prince. His daddy may be a king, but he doesn't differ from anybody else. That, let's look at that in a spiritual sense. I prayed through the baptism of the spirit. Now I'm just like, I can do whatever. No, you can't. You're just like, a, he said it. He said, you're, just, you're no different from a servant. When you're a child, you're just gonna have to be told what to do. And that's how it works. I tell another little story about the little girl. She was a princess, and, and the, the lady who, I don't know if you call her a maid or whatever it is, an attendant is combing her hair and trying to fix her hair, telling her what kind of clothes she's going to wear. And she said, I don't have to do that. I'm a princess. And the wise maid said, that's the precise reason you do have to do it. We're something special, folks. Our daddy is a king. And so we can look at it like, man, my dad's a king. No, 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 no. That's why you do have to do it. The world is looking. The world is expecting more. Come on, let's clap our hands to him. Hallelujah. Let's stand together. Sister Melissa, I don't know where you are. Maybe somebody help me out here. I need help. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise God. Maybe a little point like that might help us a little bit sometimes. Now, here's my, here's my point. Here's my point. Being children and not grown up, and he said the blessing is going to come to people who are mature and grown up. What, what's happening here, we still rely on other people's prayers and guidance and, and when we should get a personal relationship with the Father. You know, you know Paul talked about people one time. He said, you're still on milk. You're still on the bottle when you ought to be eating meat by now. He was talking to people who should have matured more. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Just as we expect our children to grow and mature. Amen. We, we also should see spiritual babies, spiritual babies grow and mature. So it's time to grow. Amen. Every living thing, every plant, you know, all of everything goes through a process of maturing and changing. This is, doesn't stay the same. When that newborn, wrinkled little brow, chubby little hands, when he comes into this world, there is, a, there is a potential that is beyond all of our dreams. In fact, I don't think any of us have really tapped into the potential that God has put inside of us. 
the ability that he's given us in that natural DNA of the child. He might have brown eyes, black hair. Amen. He may grow to be six foot two. I mean, you could just you could just name a bunch of stuff. I mean, you know that he could be. Amen. But but we can expect the changed in the natural, and we do. We don't expect them to stay infants, and you know we we sure wouldn't expect our child to wear diapers the rest of his life. It's natural when they're a certain age, but then. We expect changes. Neither do we expect our spiritual babies uh, to just stay the same. They don't stay babies. We grow in God. Amen. I, that's why I'm believing and looking forward to great blessings in your life. Amen. I'm looking for changes in your life. Hallelujah. Amen. How, how, how do I grow? Ephesians 2 and 1. He says, but God, who is rich in mercy... For his great love wherewith he loved us. I, 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 many years ago, I preached a message. At least I had a thought. And I don't know if I t entitled it that. But I think I did. I, I think the title was, But God. Amen. Listen, it's what we have to understand. This is how you get the most out of God. Amen. There is no other solution for all these things that we need. No, no, no other you know, for these problems we got. There's no other solution for racial prejudice and strife but God. Amen. Amen. There is no healing for the brokenhearted of this world. I mean, the doctors can give you stronger pills and it'll kind of sedate you for a while. No, 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 no. No, we're talking about healing. Amen. Nobody can do that but God. There's no hope for the angry. And you can't blame some folks for being angry and frustrated. But God. Hallelujah. Listen, let me just throw one other thing in here that might help some of us. It's going to hit home. I hope it does. There is no way to escape being just like your mama or your daddy and your grandparents with all their problems and the curses that are on their lives but God you know the sins of the father the scripture tells us is going to be handed down to the third and the fourth generations do you hear that that's just how it works third and fourth generations that means it's no end to it because somewhere that's why, that, that's why my brothers turned out to be alcoholics because both of my grandfathers were alcoholics. But in my case, I can say, but God. In my situation, but God. And you can too. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Let me, let me try to close here. It's, it's kind of hard for me to do. If I can make this personal just a little bit. I believe that some of you have doubted God in the hard times of your life. Maybe your past. Just, just where is God? If God's so good, why is all this happening to me? You know, let me, let me just name a couple things here. He didn't allow you to be stillborn or miscarried. He didn't allow you in all those crazy times of your life 
and I have no idea who I'm talking to. I mean, you did some crazy, crazy things. He didn't let you get killed in an accident. He didn't let you kill yourself with an overdose of drugs. I, I, I know I'm looking at the opposite side of this. Maybe I just got a habit of that. He's kept us from some deadly disease that we had no idea they were even in the room. We've been in and out of hospitals, Brother Green. So many times, we've probably brushed shoulders with contagious, deadly diseases that God did not allow us to get. And we could be dead right now in a cemetery somewhere, but he didn't allow it. Amen, amen. Here's what I believe. I believe that he never, this is, this, it's personal for me, Sister Jan. I believe he never took his hands off of me. I get to griping about this and complain. I'm probably one of the worst ones if I let myself. I can see you wrong with this and that's not, why would that? No, 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 no. Listen, God brought me through some things and he never left me. He never took his hands off of me. I want to give him praise. Hallelujah. Amen. I know, I know the excuses just keep coming. Amen. Even during those times of abuse and rejection as a child, God brought us, amen, through all of that for a higher purpose. He brought us out of bondage with a, you know, like he did Israel. The Bible said he took them out of there with a high hand. He brought them out. He brought us out. So you think I'm gonna fall in to the trap of complaining about God? And about his people, and about I don't, I don't think so. He's done too much for me. So I'm going to give him praise. And what that's going to do is bring his presence in. And the presence of God is going to take care of the rest. Hallelujah! Just a quickening spirit. I'm going to tell this in closing, and I'm, and I'm still, I'm about. I know that y'all have to, some of y'all have to get out of here. But let me. Uh, let me close with this. And I think it's just a great point. Brother Sonny Nugent was here. He's uh, one of my mentors and a bishop to me, not much older than I am, but he's, he's uh, beyond his age, his years and wisdom. But I remember he's semi-retired right now. He's still preaching on places. He said that some of y'all are going to remember the story he told. He's at the place now where he's been very successful in his church, his ministry. Lots of people receive the Holy Ghost. Doesn't want anybody, doesn't want the spotlight on, don't care who knows about it. He just does it for God and God just keeps blessing and keeps honoring him. But anyway, guy calls him and he's preaching out now a lot of places and his, he's got a pastor at the, at the mother church and he, it frees him up. There's a guy called him and said, I got problems in my church. Now y'all don't know what trouble is in church. Do you get one of those Southern churches that's been there? They, you know, they've had their hundredth anniversary and they've had pastors after pastors and you know, and they got the best preachers and the best, they just the best of everything. Talk about trouble because they got some old mossy backs there, what we used to call them. <laughs> They've been running the show and they put a lot of money in there and they think that earns and I guess it does. And so the pastor, good pastor, called Brother Nugent and said, Brother Nugent, I want you to come. And I, apparently he had done this before, the way I took the, took the, uh, heard the story, it sounded like it, that he had actually could just pick up what the problem was, a problem, you got to take care of that, you got to move this, and you got to get that person out of that office because they called. You know, he just, he could just, you know, you, you do this all these years, you can see stuff. 
see stuff if you want it. And the guy said, I want you to come and troubleshoot. Tell me what the problem is where we can start fixing the problem. And he agreed. Brother Gregory, he agreed to do it. But he got to praying about it and got home. The date was set for him to go. And it's like he does, and I can see him. He said, he looked at his wife and said, I'm not doing that. God didn't call me to look for trouble. He said, any hypocrite can do that. Any reprobate can look around and find out what the problem is. He said, that's not my calling. He called the guy back and told him that. I'm not coming to do that. I'll come preach and we'll have revival and pray people. Let me tell you what will happen. Brother Nugent's learned this and he's taught us this. Let me tell you what, you can have griping people, grumbling people, poor people going bankrupt all the time and right in the middle of all of that, see, that's a personal problem with them. But you don't have to fall into that. If they stay around the church long enough and get this message, amen, then they can come out of all of that. But in the middle of complaining and griping and grumbling and murmuring and whatever you want to call it, amen, and it's a lack of faith. Listen, God will pour out his spirit. We have learned that. Amen. The Holy Ghost can move in this place like a rushing mighty wind and do whatever needs to be done. And anybody that's in here can get what they need. And if you don't want it, it won't be forced on you. How's that? Let's clap our hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I feel like I've been in church today. Amen. Nobody's holding God back and nobody's holding you back. There's liberty in this house. These altars are open right now. I'd be delighted to pray with you, lay my hands on you. If you're sick, this is what you gotta do with your life. You gotta get sick of the way this world's been treating you. You gotta get sick of yourself for allowing it to happen. So sick that you're ready for a change. I'm not living like this anymore. I'm not letting the devil do this to me anymore. Amen. I'm going to bring my needs and my situation to the Lord, and I'm going to beg for help today. And I believe God's going to hear me and answer. Anybody believe? Amen. It could be this little, but you know what? You know, we look at people and say, well, that's not much. Well, not to you, it's not much, but to that person, it's huge. And so it doesn't matter how little it may seem or how large, it doesn't make any difference to God because there's nothing impossible with him. And so we're gonna just, we're just gonna sing a little and worship a little bit here before you get out. If you have to go, you just have to be all right, amen. But we're gonna open this altar, amen. And somebody's gonna make their way down here and they're gonna leave a different way that they came. Amen, that's it. Hallelujah. He's on the main line. Jesus on the main line. Tell him what you want. Jesus on the main line. Tell him what you want. Jesus on the main line. Tell him what you want. Jesus on the main line now. Come on, let's call him up. We'll call him up. Call him up. Tell him what you want. Call him up. Call him up. Tell him what you want. 
call him up, call him up, tell him what you want. Jesus on the main line now. If you want the Holy Ghost, well, if you want the Holy Ghost, tell him what you want. If you want the Holy Ghost, tell him what you want. If you you want Jesus on the main line tell him what you want Jesus on the main line I'm gonna let you out of here God bless you amen smile at somebody shake hands be friendly amen take your blessing with you amen lay claim to it take it with you Jesus name dismissed